From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. This week's episode is the power of a habit and how you can use habit to get out of anxiety and how habits contribute to the chaos you are currently facing in your life. Now, we are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do on a day-to-day basis. So pay attention to your actions. You are what you aim at. It's the small things that make up the whole. There are seven timeless virtues of enlightened living that the sages of Savannah follow. One of the virtues is live with discipline. Now the symbol is of a pink wire cable. These monks believe that the sum of small powerful habits create a strong disciplined being like a cable consisting of many wires on top of one another. When separate, they are weak, but together can be very powerful. So practicing small, powerful habits can produce great inner strength. With great inner strength, you can handle any of life's challenges. When in times of difficulty, the sages of Savannah repeat this mantra, which is very, very powerful, very, very powerful. Through the steel of discipline, you will forge a character rich with courage and peace. Through the virtue of will, you are destined to rise to life's highest ideal and live within a heavenly mansion filled with all that is good, joyful, and vital. Without them, you are lost, like a mariner without a compass, one who eventually sinks with his ship. Now this is taken from the book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, an amazing, amazing book. I recommend that book. So look towards the actions you do and the people you spend most of your time with. These make up your character, make up who you are, your values. You know, our values are our deepest level of programming. So pay attention to that. Humans, we we are very habitual. We need routine. When there's too much chaos, then people fall into anxiety disorders, depression. When there's too much chaos, people don't know how to handle it, right? So humans need routine. 
When we practice routines over and over again for a month, then they become automated within the unconscious mind. So they become part of your daily regimen. They become automated. Our unconscious automates a habit well practiced. So the more you practice anxiety, the more that's just going to become a habit, right? I practiced anxiety for a very, very long time, years. I practiced negative thinking for a very, very long time. I practiced the habits of a health anxiety sufferer, which I'll get into in just a moment. But I practiced these habits for so long that these chaotic habits only supported the identity of anxiety sufferer, victim, right? So our character, who we are, it stems from our daily habits. Breaking out of a bad habit, such as being impatient, eating junk foods, procrastinating, or any of the health anxiety habits, they, it's not easy. Because you're going against the hurricane. Because your unconscious has practiced these habits, these bad habits, for such a long time that when you try and move away from these bad habits, it's like going against a hurricane. It's just forcing you back, right, into your old ways. Your unconscious is forcing you back into your old ways, your old habits. Because these habits are deeply automated. But they can be broken. That's important to understand. These habits, they can be broken. You can break habits. Do not believe people who say you can't teach a dog new tricks, right? You can. Our brains are neuroplastic, meaning we can rewire the neuronal pathways within our brain. So when suffering from severe health anxiety in my past, I was engaging in many habits that kept my anxiety alive and burning. It kept my identity alive. I did not even realize that the habits that I was doing day to day were bad because it was just a part of who I was. The feelings I would get from these bad habits included reassurance, comfort, and being calm and at ease. But these feelings would only last a few hours or maybe even a day. But my anxiety would always come back because that's just who I was. My anxiety was always there. I viewed myself, my being, my character as being weak, weak-minded, you know, not going to... Um, amount to anything in life. That's how I viewed myself. And so now I'm going to get into some of the habits, the bad habits I would engage daily that kept my anxious identity alive. Number one was reassurance seeking. I would always be talking to my family 
you know, am I okay? You know, am I going to die? Is this a serious disease? Whatever it is, I kept my family close so that, you know, once I talked to them and they gave me the reassurance I needed, I started to feel calm and at ease. And I said, oh, you know what? I can handle handle this, you know? Yeah, that's, you know, it's, I, I, can, I can get through this challenge. But then a few hours later, a day later, I'm seeking out the reassurance again because, because my old identity is still alive. You just can't get rid of your identity in, in a matter of a day, right? Doesn't matter how much reassurance seeking you do, it'll only keep your limited identity alive. And thus, how are you going to get better? How is your anxiety going to go away? Number two is Googling symptoms. I would Google symptoms and I would get this flush of sensations and worry and anxiety would strike. You know, my head would feel all tingly and and my head would feel like I have this pressure in my head. Once I see the word cancer or once I see the serious diseases listed on Dr. Google, I would then believe, hey, man, I have this. I, I definitely, definitely have this. So you believe it because we always turn towards the most negative outcome, right? And we believe it. We believe it. So, and, and when, when you keep on Googling your symptoms, you're just strengthening a bad habit, right? This is a bad habit because you're just going to rely on Google, right? You're going to rely on the the information Google has provided. You're not going to look at the good things on Dr. Google. You're going to look at the bad things. You're going to look at the bad outcomes, right? The worst case scenarios, because Google always posts the worst case scenario scenarios. And unconsciously, you are looking for those worst case scenarios to keep fueling your anxiety. Number three is spending all your time at home in your safe zone. A very bad habit I had. You know, the world was very threatening to me. And it was the uncertainty that kept me from facing the challenges, right? I was uncertain. I, I wanted to feel safe. And and I was in the habit of just sitting around and watching TV. And, and I it was those actions of just talking to my family or just sitting around at home that kept my anxiety alive because each day I would just fear the outside world more and more. I was strengthening a limiting pathway in my brain. I kept strengthening this fearful pathway, this pathway that's fearing the challenges, fearing the outside world that is supporting my limiting belief of myself that, you know, I can't do it. You know, I'm only worth, you know, this in life. You know, I, I'm, I don't have the ability to confront the dragon in the cave. So I stay at home. 
Number four, touching parts of my body. I would touch the parts that ache. And, I would, and so that became a bad habit. Number five, spending too much of my time with negative people. I surrounded myself with negative friends because I got quick fixes from them, right? I would smoke weed with them and watch movies. And we would talk about the negatives of life. So that supported my belief system, right? This this view of the world, we would feed off of each other's energy, me and my friends. So we 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 all viewed the world the same way. So it was a habit of mine to be around people that believed the same thing I did, right? So the the world is crazy, you know, what's the point? Why even try? You know, it's just a horrible place. The society sucks, you know, the city sucks. And, you know, all of these negative views of the world, we fed off of one another. So that kept my anxiety alive, being around those people. So be aware of the people you hang around because you don't want to feed off the negative energy all the time, right? That's just going to keep your anxiety alive. You're limiting views of the world alive, right? So I found I found a lot of comfort from all of these habits because they were quick fixes, right? And so I didn't have the knowledge at the time. My old self, my old self didn't have the knowledge of why these habits were bad because it was just my identity it was who i was i didn't i didn't see the the bigger picture my view of the world was very very limited right very very limited and also my life was too complicated to handle in my eyes at the time it was all chaos. Each day, you know, I was just looking for the quick fix all the time. And it was just easier for me to just avoid the dragon because who wants to face those challenges, right? When you can just stay at home and play a video game or stay in your comfort zone and just go on YouTube, you know, what's the point of facing the dragon? That's just too difficult. But the point is, if you avoid the dragon, the dragon gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then finally, when you're 30 or 40 or 50, all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, my life is so chaotic. And then you go see therapists. Then you go to the doctors all the time because you're suffering from severe anxiety. You don't know how to handle all of this chaos. The dragon got so big. The dragon got so big that it's so hard to face the dragon. But I'm telling you now that you can. You can by the power of small habits. You can get out of the deepest hole you've dug for yourself. Right? You can get out of that hole. You can. I was in a huge hole. So deep that when I was in my anxiety disorder, 
I had nowhere else to go but up. But it's these small habits that get you out of the hole. The small habits that make up the wire, right? The wire. All the small habits make up the strength of the wire, right? So once you realize that you can change one small habit, then you can confront the next habit, right? Then you'll have the confidence to challenge the next bad habit and then the next bad habit. So how do you add habits and how do you rid yourself of anxiety by adding good habits? Well, people with anxiety avoid challenges. They are, they are afraid of the unknown, the uncertainty, and they stay in their safe zones with the people that make them feel safe and at ease. When you begin to engage in a new habit, then you will feel and well, then you will experience cognitive dissonance. So when you engage in a new habit, you will feel cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is the feeling that it's wrong, but it's not necessarily wrong. Because you're going against the unconscious mind. The unconscious is running on habits already, particularly the bad ones if you're going through a lot of health anxiety. And to go against what's familiar to the unconscious only results in resistance, right? Because if if you want to replace a bad habit with a new habit, you're going to experience resistance because the unconscious likes the already learned habit, right? It's most familiar with that already learned habit. So when once you introduce a new powerful positive habit, your unconscious is going to be like pulling you back into your old ways, right? It's going to be pulling you back into what's most familiar. But remember, it takes 21 days to install a new habit and for it to become unconscious. When you start when you start to drive, you're going to experience cognitive dissonance. It's going to be unfamiliar. You're going to be nervous. You're going to have some anxiety. You're going to have a lot of negative thoughts. And so this doesn't mean that it's wrong. It means that you're stimulating a new pathway. You're learning to drive. This is something completely new to you. You're stimulating a part of the brain that has not been stimulated before. So I'll give you another example. When I was learning to drive manual, because I drove automatic for a very, very long time. And then once I got a new car, it was manual because I got it at a great price. All I had to do was learn manual. So I got my dad to teach me. And once the first week I was learning manual, I was 
so stressed out. I was so stressed. I, I felt like I couldn't do it because it was so foreign to me. And so it, it, I doubted myself. I thought I wasn't going to be able to do it. I, I, I experienced a lot of negative thoughts, but I kept doing it. And then I got more comfortable with it. I got more confident with it. And then it became automatic to me because I just knew how to do it, right? That's engaging in a new habit, right? You just, you got to experience the uncomfortable feelings at first, but then following those uncomfortable feelings, the confidence comes. Then you become automated with that new habit, right? It's like practicing negative thoughts all the time. You're going to experience a lot of negative thoughts over and over again. You've practiced those thoughts. You paid attention to those thoughts. But when you start to pay attention to new, positive, empowering thoughts, it's going to feel like you're going to feel like an unease feeling. It's going to be difficult. You're going to experience some resistance. But the more you practice those new thoughts, the more they become automated. But you just have to go against the hurricane. You're going to have to fight against that resistance in order to get to that better place. You know, when I was learning to drive manual, I felt like a fool doing it. But remember this, you have to become the fool in order to become the master. You have to become the fool because each time a person learns something new, they're going to be a fool. No matter who you are, you're going to be a fool at it, right? But then you keep practicing it and then you will eventually become the master. You will know what you are doing. So start with one new habit. If you choose to meditate, do it the same time each day. Remember, humans like routines, right? So do it at the same time each day. I always tell my clients to tidy up their rooms and make their beds. And what does this have to do with anxiety? They say, you know, I want to get rid of my anxiety. What does cleaning my room have to do? What does making my bed have to do with overcoming anxiety? Well, tidying your room and making your bed is a challenge itself, right? People often avoid that challenge. When you confront this challenge and complete it, it snowballs into other challenges throughout the day. The tidiness and order of your room is a direct reflection of the state of your mind. The responsibility of making your room more orderly will spread out into your day. Do not avoid small challenges. Do not avoid small challenges because they bleed out into your day. The more challenges you face, the more confident you feel about yourself. You know, you made your bed. You know what? I feel good. My my bed looks good. I didn't want to do it. You know, every part of me wanted to avoid this task, but I did it. And that's a little bit of you that feels more confident. And those little bits of you that feel more confident 
snowballs out into the day. You start to tackle bigger and bigger challenges, right? The making of the bed is just one of the small challenges. You make your bed, you're taking on the responsibility of your room, your space, right? Your sacred space where you sleep and spend some of your time in, right? Or most of your time even. But it's those little things. And it this builds up your inner strength too. And more importantly, it makes you more independent. It makes you more independent. Anxiety sufferers are very dependent. You know, the reassurance seeking, always relying on negative friends or instant pleasures to to make them feel whole, right? They're very dependent on things. So remember that these challenges you face, the more you step into them, the more you step into the unknown and the uncertainty, the more confident you become, the more independent you become. So start by recognizing the bad habits you do daily. So ask yourself, sit down somewhere where you're alone and no one bothers you. Sit down and ask yourself, what am I doing daily that is keeping me from growing as a person? That's keeping me stagnant in this chaotic state. What am I doing daily that is keeping me from growing? You will not like the answer, but be truthful with yourself. Then begin by replacing one bad habit with a powerful, positive one. Instead of Googling a symptom, you take a cold shower or you go for a jog. You are what you act out on a daily basis. So pay attention. Pay attention. Anxiety recovery is becoming more consciously aware of your actions that keep you in your current anxious state. Then take action and do behaviors that go against your old anxious self. Act out the person you want to be, the ideal you. You will experience some resistance when you begin adding new habits, but keep doing them for they will become automated in the future. It takes 21 days, so be persistent and be patient. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's episode. Thank you so much for being here with me and growing as a person. Each time you listen to this podcast, you learn something new and you get the knowledge that you need to go face your challenges throughout the day. Thank you for tuning in. It is my great pleasure to be here with you. And remember, do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next episode. Bye. For more podcast episodes, for more video content, and one-on-one coaching with me via Skype, visit www.unpluganxiety.com 
for everything you need to know about ending anxiety naturally. I love you all. Have a great day. Bye-bye.